Welcome to the Traveler's Guide to Life podcast, brought to you by Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, located in Potsdam, New York. Tips for a fulfilling life now until the journey's end. I'm Linda Potter. I'm a volunteer at Hospice, and I'm also a retreat facilitator in the community, encouraging people to have important conversations. And I'm Mary Jones. I'm the Director of Family Support Services at Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, and I'm an adjunct instructor at State University of New York at Potsdam, and I teach death and dying. Traveler's Guide to Life, Tips for Fulfilling Life Now Until the End of the Journey. Season 2, Learning to Drive Again. This is Episode 1, and we're going to first talk about Welcome to Holland Part 2. And if you go back to Season 1, in that first episode, we talked about Welcome to Holland, which is an essay written by Emily Pearl Kingsley. And the first essay she wrote was about her experience of having a child with disability, Um, But it really grew into so much more about ideas of acceptance. So part two, I think, is very apt for where we are in our society and things we do with hospice. So this is Welcome to Holland, part two. I have been in Holland for over a decade now. It has become home. I've had time to catch my breath, to settle and adjust, to accept something different than I planned. I reflect back on those years of past when I first landed in Holland. I remember clearly my shock, my fear, my anger, the pain and uncertainty. In those first few years, I tried to get back to Italy as planned, but Holland was where I was to stay. Today, I can say how far I have come on this unexpected journey. I have learned so much more, but this too has been a journey of time. I worked hard. I bought new guidebooks. I learned a new language and I slowly found my way around this new land. I have met others whose plans have changed like mine and who could share my experience. We supported one another, and some have become very special friends. Some of these fellow travelers have been in Holland longer than I and were seasoned guides, assisting me along the way. Many have encouraged me. Many have taught me to open my eyes to the wonder and gifts to behold in this new land. I've discovered a community of caring. Holland wasn't so bad. I think that Holland is used to wayward travelers like me and grew to become a land of hospitality, reaching out to welcome, to assist, and to support newcomers like me in this new land. Over the years, I've wondered what life would have been like if I'd landed in Italy as planned. Would life have been easier? Would it have been as rewarding? Would I have learned some of the important lessons I hold today? Sure, this journey has been more challenging, and at times I would, and still do, stomp my feet and cry out in frustration and protest. And yes, Holland is slower paced than Italy, and less flashy than Italy, but this too has been an unexpected gift. I have learned to slow down in ways to, and look closer at things, with a new appreciation for the remarkable beauty of Holland, with its tulips, windmills, and Rembrandts. I have come to love Holland and call it home. 
I have become a world traveler and discovered that it doesn't matter where you land. What's more important is what you make of your journey and how you see and enjoy the very special, the very lovely things that Holland or any land has to offer. Yes, over the decade ago, I landed in a place I hadn't planned. Yet I am thankful for this destination that has been richer than I could have imagined. I really like part two, and I think the first one really speaks clearly of acceptance, and certainly this one does too, mm-hmm. but it speaks very de- deeply of the idea of resilience. Right. And right. I, where we are right now with the pandemic, but certainly when we find ourselves in any challenging place, this is a skill that we need to cultivate within ourselves and really bring forth. Exactly. And resilience is such a powerful wor- word in that it's really that ability to um, bounce. I always think of Tigger mm-hmm. um, bouncing all over because it's that ability to roll. And clearly they learned, um, this individual learned to roll with that. And with that rolling, it, and it, it comes acceptance to all of that. Um, and really looking at the world through a different lens. Well, and and getting to that place, and I think all of us will make plans for our lives, and you're going to find yourself in difficult and challenging places, whether it's with a diagnosis, or you are the person with the caregiver, or just any new challenge that's been thrown at you. And there's so many, I think people think either you have resilience or you don't. And that's not true, that we all have that inner strength. And by developing gratitude is a practice to become more resilient, that you can look at any situation, like she said, that she's in Holland and didn't plan to be there, but to develop that sense of gratitude and to find the things that are good right? and realistic optimism. And I think that the the pandemic challenged all of that um, because there was initially a lot of fear with this. Um, but then I think people reconnected to themselves um, because we were isolated for an extended period of time. Um, some of us really thrived in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the introverts were quite pleased with what, what that brought. Um, but I think it's just, it's an opportunity. I think a change, although it's challenging and difficult, it's also opportunity for growth. And to really kind of open up that really small lens we may have had um, to a much bigger lens. And I think things look much richer and deeper and we appreciate things more. Right, right. And I think that being in that place, being forced to slow down is if you, like you said, see as an opportunity and it opens up new doors for people. Right. And, you know, one of the things with resilience is that you learn to face your fears And that worrying about things really is not going to get you very far. And to understand what you can control and what you can't control. And going back to that idea of acceptance, but being willing to say, this is fearful, but I'm going to push through. I'm going to find the strengths. And thinking back on places where you've had to get through difficult times in your past. And most of us have that, that we've been pushed down. We get up, dust ourselves off, find our feet again, and move forward. Right. and you're looking for you're looking for the um, you're looking for that light that comes back in, mm-hmm. um, and I think for the initial part of the pandemic, it was we listened to um, too much news, um, and we didn't know what to think. And then when we went um, into more into ourselves and thinking about oh my gosh, I really liked slowing down. Mm-hmm. This was really good and healthy for me. Right. Um, 
you begin to see that, you, you know, it's always the glass is half full or a half empty. Um, and I think for some people, they found out the pandemic um, as they moved through it was really more of half full. It wasn't wasn't as empty as they anticipated it would have been. Right. There was really clear time for introspection and thinking about what mm-hmm. you value mm-hmm. and putting your time towards that. And yeah. hopefully as life has opened up that we've said no to the things that don't feed us as much. When, when I read it, this, one of the words that kept on coming up is the word support. And when I think of people hitting challenging time and they're coming to us through the AIM program or through hospice, asking for support is a big part of building that resilience. Resilience isn't about you just facing it all by yourself, that you have to have that team of support, other people. And it's not, it's that, it's not white knuckling it. And I think we see that happen. And before the pandemic, everyone just said, okay, we're just going to move through this. Mm -hmm. And it was recognizing, you know, I really do need help with this. Mm -hmm. And it's not a sign of weakness, which a lot of people associate that with. It's, I can't do this by myself. And how am I going to move through this Um, with some assistance from somebody who knows, knows this um, and can give me ideas and tips on how to move forward. Um, and I think it's, again, it goes back to what are you doing to take care of yourself? Um, you cannot help others if you're not taking care of yourself. So when somebody um, is living with somebody, a loved one who has a chronic disease or is the person with that diagnosis, picking up the phone and calling Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley and learning about AIM is one way to ask for support. What are the services that you can provide that can come into my home to help me manage this diagnosis and the symptoms? Right. And I think it's also looking at at the services that are provided and taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. You know, do we have the volunteers back in the homes for hospice? Right. Um, we want them to go out and take a break. Um, you know, if they just are going to go walk around the block or they're going to, you know, run down and have a lunch with somebody. Um, and a lot of people say, no, no, you know, I don't want to leave them. They're okay. Um, we train our volunteers. We have a training coming up. Um, we train them to sit with them, and they know what to do. And they're always going to call hospice and say, this is what's going on if they're not sure what to do. Right. Um, so they can be reassured with that. But how are they taking that time, even if it's an hour? Right. Um, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about how we all rushed around um, before, and now that we've had that slower time, we, I believe we all have a deeper appreciation for that. Yes, I think, I think it's a lesson that a lot of people learn that yes. taking care of yourself really is the foundational factor aspect that you need to have for all relationships, especially if you're helping to care for someone right. or taking care of yourself with a disease. Um, and it's a key component of resilience. It and is. it's basic things, like you said, I mean, you said an hour 30 minutes, five minutes outside the door to catch your breath. And you're right, when the volunteers come into the home, for a lot of people, it's that chance not only just to do errands, but to get outside right. and to take care of themselves right. in a very e- Even if it's way. taking a nap, it's like, you know, go into your room and take a nap. We'll watch, we'll um, sit with them, um, if possible, have a conversation with them relax mm-hmm. if you know even if it's it's just an hour and you think oh my gosh I really want more take what you can get um, and understand that that will give you more energy mm-hmm. when you do that because it's very intentional right um, and that's what we don't always recognize right 
Good word, intentional. We uh, like yes. that. we like that word on the we, podcast. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, right. And I think resilience. Sometimes people think resilience. They 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 equate it with being a martyr, like you said, white knuckling it. But it's all these things. It's gratitude. It's being realistic about your fears and having realistic optimism, not Pollyannish, but knowing that there are positive aspects there, right. and taking care of ourselves right. and asking for support. I think is so it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's just a big piece. And we have to let go of what we're worried about, the perceptions. Oh, God, she's asking for help again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe you're not the person that's going to do that. Um, who is going to do that? Mm-hmm. How do you build that support system around you? And I think what we've learned certainly in the healthcare field is there is not a lot of resources um, out there for people to tap into. Um, you know, hospice struggles to find staffing. Um, we know that getting caregivers, private caregivers into the home is no easy task. Mm-hmm. So how are you creating your network? Um, of people that will give you a half hour. That's all that you're looking for. Um, how, how are you going to create that? Right. Um, and that it's also paying that forward, um, that you, when this you're not in this challenging moment. Um, I've read the quote that storms don't last forever mm-hmm. um, and that eventually things will subside. So, you know, if you're worried about how you're going to pay them, pay it forward once you know you're able to do that right and this and when you look at yourself i mean most of us are so willing to rise to the occasion and help other people and so to be that person who's asking for help maybe feels strange because that's not your usual role right but it's 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 key to keeping yourself whole and healthy as you're moving through a challenging time whether you land in holland or italy or a right. diagnosis or the unexpected phone call, reaching out to other people is right. key to building that resilience because it is a strength that you can cultivate and any of us can do that for ourselves. And it is about using resilience to weather the storms. And mm-hmm. some storms are small, some are larger, but they're always going to be a part of your life. This mm-hmm. is not something that, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? Which we do tend to hear, you know, mm-hmm. I don't understand. We did everything right. doesn't matter. This right. is this is life brings brings you all kinds of experiences and opportunities and it's really what you do with it right um and that's why you know when you think about the traveler's guide to life know that there's going to be challenges there's mm-hmm. going to be potholes out there that you thought you dodged and nope now you you're in it and right you, you know struggling with that right it's okay no that's right and i think it's the whole thing of the podcast traveler's guide to life that um, my drive here to the studio today i left in sunny weather and then i hit a spot where i had to have the windshields full on <laughs> gray clouds. And I think that's just a great metaphor for finding yourself in challenging places and having tools right there that you know we can use and reaching out for other people. So, so much of what hospice offers is that ability for people to reach out for support. We're encouraging people to take care of themselves and to to develop that kind of skill to get you through these challenging times. And that's one of the many reasons why Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley is here to help the people in St. Lawrence County. Absolutely. And what we found over the last um, couple of years is that families are calling more often to say, okay, this is what's going on and what our staff is doing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's normal. That's common. You're doing a great job. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And oftentimes that's all families need to hear. Right. Is, okay, I'm doing the right job. And if people want to learn more about the services that we offer, they can go to our website, which is www.hospicesslv.com. Org. We want to thank the Potsdam Public Library for the use of their podcasting studio. I'm Linda Potter. And I'm Mary Jones. We'll see you on the road.